Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Today's episode, we're going to talk about energy, specifically how our energy is impacted by other people. I think we've all experienced how different people around us or in different situations either stimulate us or drain us. There's a whole variety. And before we even really dive into the specifics of how unique a different person is, I think just acknowledging and highlighting the fact that a human being comes with its own energy. And when you are a human being interacting with other human beings, whether it be one or a thousand, you're also interacting with their energy. So it makes perfect sense and is very common for us to feel all sorts of different ways in the presence of different people in different situations. So for anyone who has been experiencing that or has ever experienced that, especially these last couple of years with lockdowns and the pandemic, suddenly being around people all of the time to then for many of us not being around so many people all of the time and and slowly beginning to reintroduce being back around other human beings is a very new thing for many of us and a very energetic roller coaster for many of us. So that is common. That is normal. We are all experiencing it. We definitely were experiencing it firsthand this weekend as we had our team come into town. So we want to dive into that a little bit more today. I appreciate you starting us there, Jenna, and really highlighting that as a being, um, we are energetic beings and we are sending out energetic information just as readily as we're receiving it. And as we go into this conversation, <clears throat> I think it's important, you know, when we talk about, while well, I hear you say, you know, how do I experience other people's energies? You know, at our core, we all have different relationships with energy in general and really common terms that I'm sure most listeners have maybe even described themselves as are these, the distinction between an introvert and an extrovert. And I think starting there is a really helpful place, understanding what that difference really means. Because some of us might be using that word um, and not really understanding that what that means. And that that those distinctions are really about how we receive energy. And of course, if we're on the introverted end of a spectrum, what that means is when we're with other people and we're exposed to their energy, that depletes our energy. That we're the type of people who we go out and we might have a lunch and then we feel a little bit tired afterward. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, of course, are the extroverts. And the difference in that is that person, when they're with someone else's energy, they actually feel replenished. It energizes them. They form, feel more awake or more alive. And then there's a spectrum of all of us and wherever we fall in between that. So I want to highlight this as we go into a conversation about how we're experiencing other people's energies to really highlight that it, it is an aspect of ourselves so that we're not really you know, making other people feel bad as much as it's about their energy. It's about us and whether or not that energy feels life-giving in general or whether that energy feels depleting. And nothing means anything about us as an individual or about the other people. Again, a lot of this is just how our energy flows within each of us. While we're using the terms introvert and extrovert and using that sort of as a scale for us to just understand the context of conversation too, you're not necessarily locked into one of those. So if you're listening and you're maybe new to hearing these terms, introvert or extrovert, or you can think back to when people describe themselves as being extroverted and being out and socializing or introverted, where you'd rather maybe prefer to stay in and read a book and keep to yourself and keep quiet. And maybe that's what 
energizes you. Whereas the person going out to this social sporting event is being re-energized by the people around them. So whether, regardless of where you fall right now on that spectrum or where you would choose to be, that's also where you are right now. It's not like I come into the world as an introvert and then I'm just locked in stone as an introvert for the rest of my life. Much like all things, there's a continuous ebb and flow. And very much for me personally, I've watched different stages of my life where I've gone from introvert to extrovert. And it's really taken me pulling back and again, being the objective witness of myself to really see, okay, Jenna, well, let's let's check you out for a second. Do you get re-energized around people or are you currently most re-energized and fulfilled when you're taking time to yourself. It's almost like a self-interview. I love this. And I'm going to jump off of this to really acknowledge how little I knew myself in that way. And for decades of my life, um, up until almost up until my thirties, actually, um, I lived in the city. I grew up in a city. I, after the four years in college, I moved right back into New York city and I was a city girl, which meant I was busy. I had plans. I I had a lot of stuff and people around me. I mean, quite literally living on top of me in my very small apartment all of the time. And my my life, my plans looked very much like that, busy. I always had plans on the weekend. And usually there was friends involved or partners involved. Um, and at that time, I, you know, if I were to have to describe myself using any of this language, introvert or extrovert, I would have, you know, probably described myself as extroverted because I'm always doing something. And there, it felt good to some extent, me having these plans. What I didn't realize at the time is that what was feeling good about plans for me and being around other people in particular for me was that for me, that was a distraction from deeper things. Because when I was alone, when I didn't have plans, then my mind would race. Then I would feel the anxiety or the sadness or whatever feelings I was having. So for me, plans and people and busyness was a welcome distraction. So while I was acting as an introvert, what was happening behind the scenes for me was my resources were diminishing because there was many times where I was making plans and those plans weren't in alignment with how much energy I had available or even how much desire I had in me to interact with that particular person or go to that particular party. I never really asked whether or not I really wanted to be doing those things because the distraction in and of itself was enough for me. Um, and I'm sharing this because like you're sharing too, um, a lot of us might be acting in different ways, though we're not really fully attuned or attentive to how available we are for, for the topic of this conversation, someone else's energy. So while we might be like me, extroverting around New York City, um, that really wasn't in alignment with the needs I was having in any given moment. And some people are genuinely energized and ignited mm -hmm. by being around other people. So there is that genuine extrovert. There's for many years of my life, uh, what feels like or felt like a genuine desire to be around people. I was community building. I was doing a lot of nonprofit physical service stuff. So I was I was either leading or part of bigger groups that were doing things that felt very important and energizing to me in my heart. Though I also can reflect back on when you say the word distraction, all of the times that 
I was going and going and going or going out to do something that maybe I would have preferred to stay at home in my pajamas. So I pushed myself out of a distraction because there was something else in my life I was procrastinating, though for me it was a deeper external need for validation. I needed proof that I was liked. I needed to be accepted. I needed the attention of others. And maybe I was aware of it in some cases. And for many of years, likely not so much that I was betraying me and what actually was needed to fill up my own cup and my own resources by going out to place myself essentially in front of other people that could validate me or acknowledge me or give me the love that I was choosing not to give to myself. I love this aspect of it. And very much like you, Jenna, I too was seeking something. Um, I never said no to plans because I didn't want to disappoint this person. I wanted to be there for them. I wanted to have fun with them or, or show up in whatever way I imagined they needed me or wanted me to in any given moment. And what I would see then as I began to kind of witness myself um, how much I did that and and energetically expended my resources when I was out too. And what I mean when I say this is I struggled with silent moments. I struggled with even having plans, even just with one other person. Constantly, my struggle was constantly worrying, how is the other person experiencing this moment? How are they experiencing the si silence? Do they like this meal? I had this unconscious kind of compulsion in a way to always be tending to someone else's experience of whatever moment we're having. And what that looked like for me was a lot of that either internal or external caretaking. When there was a moment of silence, I would swoop in and tell a story because what if they're, what if that silence is uncomfortable for them? Really that silence was uncomfortable for me. Um, when someone would come over or when there was an event, I made sure they were having a, a acceptable or a joyous or a desirable time without really checking in with me, whether or not I needed a silent moment, whether or not I was enjoying the time we were having. So there's a lot of ways where we might be with other people and we might not be honoring ourselves in that moment. So learning how to fall into silence, learning that I don't have to entertain people, even if I have agreed to lunch with them. Um, this is our lunch together. I'm not the entertainment for this lunch. And I saw all of these different ways how, not only with the plan in general, but how I was acting within the plans um, that again, I wasn't asking, I wasn't tending to myself. I wasn't filling my own cup up. I wasn't honoring my energy in any given moment out of concern for the other person. You can tell when someone is being fulfilled in your presence or not too, by their own presence. Is someone actually present with you? Are you actually present with them? And I, that part is important because we're not over here pointing fingers like, well, you know, how present is so-and-so with you? This is all on them. This is actually about you and how present you are with the people around you. And if you're depleted, if you're not in an environment that you had the resources for, you haven't slept, you're really stressed out or overanalyzing this thing that's happening over here in your life. So when I'm sitting in front of Nicole, she's actually getting all of my worries and upset going on in my mind. She's not actually getting the presence of Jenna. That's all energy. And that energy is palpable. It can be felt by the other person. So if you're curious too in trying on, well, where do I fall? What energizes me? What depletes me? This is a space for you to just 
peel back and really kind of interview yourself. Start to observe yourself. Next time you are in a group of people, start to just catch those thoughts as they're happening. Where is your mind? Are you present in the scenario and the conversation at hand? Or do you notice yourself compulsively grabbing your phone and continuing to stroll or constantly removing yourself maybe to go to the other room or finding a bunch of other things to do to avoid being in a social setting. Now, none of those are wrong. They're all just feedback. It's all indicators. And for me, this past weekend, we had our team in. So we had four external people. Furkan is usually always here mm -hmm. at the studio. So it was myself, Nicole, Lolly, and then Furkan, Mike, Faiza, and Brittany. So there's seven of us total. And we love our team. I love my partners who I'm with all of the time. And being around seven people consistently for even just Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day was the first experience I've had being around people like that, aside from the immediate aftermath or grief of Jake's sudden death and funeral and that sort of clustering of people. Aside from that, being back in you know, quote unquote, real life or my regular day to day, having such close, consistent proximity with people, even though it was seven was a lot for me. And I did notice myself, you know, if I went to go take a shower, I needed to go clean up in the bedroom. I took my time doing it because I also knew that for me to show up the best as I could with my team, I also had to monitor my own reserves. And if I needed a moment, especially going through grief with Jake and it only being a couple months since his death, this is also one of the first experiences that I'm around, not new people, but around people that are outside of my comfort of Nicole and Lolly in closed doors. And that was really confronting at some times. You know, I'm used to being in a space where I can walk around naked if I want. I can go in the backyard and just burst into tears if I need to in that moment. And those things are a little bit altered depending on who you're around. So it was really incredible practice for me this weekend, one, to witness how far I've come in allowing myself to be, because I know firsthand now, if I'm betraying myself, I'm then betraying my team. We're betraying our employees. We're, betray we're betraying everyone. If I'm not actually taking care of me, that's where it starts. And it also starts there when we're creating an environment for our team and our company to also show up as you are and simply be, and to have the expectation and to hold this space where each other person on our team as well is putting themselves and their own well-being as top priority. So if, you know, someone needed a moment or Pfizer, Brittany, Mike, anyone needed to go do their thing, it wasn't like you had to ask permission. It was just a no questions asked. We're just all here sharing space. And even that is such a practice when we live in such a structured minute to minute society where when one thing finishes, you're already on to the next thing. And we suddenly see we've gone through days, weeks, years, and then decades completely out of touch with our actual physical presence and how we're doing in a moment, which essentially is what then creates the entirety of our lives. And if we're not, if we're not tending to ourself, um, the typical thing that happens is over time, you know, if it's consistently one person or one relationship, you, you don't look at the role you've played all along by betraying yourself, by showing up anyway, <laughs> by entertaining, right? You, you start to over time get really annoyed and not want to spend time with that person. So when we began this, you know, I, I wanted to intro this conversation of how much as most things we talk about here are 
about us, right? This isn't about the who was in our house this weekend and our, you know, desire to be connected with that person. More of this had to do with how able am I to connect with any person right now? Am I feeling regulated? Am I feeling safe or am I feeling depleted? And I want to thank you, Jenna, for all of the moments that you don't even know about where, you know, I see you, I'm aware that you're, you know, taking a few minutes for yourself in the bedroom or showering and how helpful those moments are to me um, in giving the people pleaser that still lives inside of, of me permission that it's okay to do that because I definitely know that's not what I saw growing up. And so much of our relationship with how we even interact with other people is impacted by those early relationships. And in my family home, there, was, there wasn't people in the other room. And if they were in the other room, the people who weren't in that room with them were wondering what was wrong with them. Are, is there something wrong? Are they in their other room? Are they sad? Are they upset? Let's go tend to them. Um, there was a lot of togetherness in physical proximity. So this idea of four family members in separate wings of the house doing or separate rooms of the house doing separate things was not something I was familiar with. So every moment where I can remind myself that that's okay. We are seven, did you just say seven different energies in a home at any given moment? And of course, there's going to be a different rhythm. One person might need to be resting in that moment. One person might be outside pumping weights in that moment. And again, that all depends on what we need individually. So when I see someone like you out there, you know, taking care of yourself, it gives me that little moment of permission so that where I, whereas I might've ran in and make sure everyone's okay in the living room, you know, I might have, and I did, and I will continue to acknowledge myself in all of those moments where I took time for myself. I didn't fill the air. I let silence hang um, because I had nothing to say. And, and I, I'm beginning to get more comfortable um, in not just activating, doing, distracting myself or other people and learning how to just be comfortably present with whatever, wherever I am in that moment. And you, you play a big role in that for me. So thank you. I appreciate and receive your acknowledgement. Uh, there were a couple of times throughout the weekend where I remember just spreading reminders specifically to me, you and Lolly, like, it's okay, guys, we can all just, we can just chill. Everyone is just here to share space specifically too, because this was not a thrown together team weekend though. It was very last minute. You know, we hadn't even decided we were doing it till a couple of weeks ago because calendars fill up really fast and suddenly it would be months from now till we were able to do it again. And it, it definitely, even for me, took that practice, especially I am for sure recovering people pleaser. And there is that immediate need to, you know, want to go survey as is for having a good time. Is Mike having a good time? How's everyone doing? And I would watch myself in moments go to kind of panic and as soon as I could see that, I would just witness it. I would just notice it and think, okay, you're doing that thing again. You're starting to do that thing where like you're really panicking and like going to start hyperventilating because you're so worried if Mike is having a good time or not. When in reality, the practice of simply being able to just be is the greatest, the practice itself is the greatest teacher for me because it's how I grow the most. And Mike in particular came, Mike does all of our, you know, runs the circle, does all of the IT tech. I don't even know how to describe what Mike does. So <laughs> that's who Mike is. If you're listening and hearing that name for the first time. Hi, Mike, if you ever listen. Um, he came up to us, I think to all of us, and then to me separately too at the end and just thanked 
this space that was created to just be. And this is coming from someone who spent many decades in different corporations, starting up different things, working in different businesses. And to hear Mike, who I think Mike will be turning 50 next year, it was such an, an honor really. And so incredible to just hear that feedback that this was something entirely new for him that he'd ever experienced was just the appreciation of just allowing people to just be and people who are teammates, who are coworkers, who run a business together to simply allow everyone to show up in whatever state that they're in and to know that each other was genuinely just present and just allowing and just holding space for one another. I think even though this weekend wasn't structured, that was a really beautiful experience for the first time. Just be like, you know what? We're really depleted on our end. I know me, Lolly, Nicole, we're really tired going into the weekend and also equally just as excited. And we were able to, you know, instead of fussing about it or wishing it wasn't happening, just be present and just be, just share silence or just listen to the birds. You know, it wasn't a heavy work weekend. We actually were just coexisting. And so often we coexist with all of these layers on top and then forget the actual base layer, which is just to simply exist. We're automatically trying to do and be and analyze and structure everything instead of just allowing ourselves to be. And something you said, Nicole, just sitting, you know, not speaking, not filling space with just a response, I think is such a good practice for myself, for anyone really to just start to witnessing conversation and practice sitting back. You might not be able to catch yourself quick enough the first couple of times, but when you're in conversation with someone or people, you know, yes, there are things of value for you to say. Absolutely. And a lot of the time we say things just to say things or just because it's so reactive or we say something and then someone asks us a question about it and we don't even remember or have any recollection that we've said something because it's so on autopilot for us. So next time you're in one of those situations or you're in a conversation where it isn't necessary for you to say anything or for you to have that last word, experience what it's like for you to just be and to to not speak and to just let that space. Sometimes it is uncomfortable to be in a room. I know there were moments when all five, six or seven of us were sitting there and it was just silent. And it was like, okay, well, I could see the voice or hear the voice in my head. Like, is anyone hungry? What are we doing next? Do we have a next planned thing? Oh my God, we're all just sitting here. No one's talking. This is so awkward. And in that moment, I'd be like, Jenna, chill out. Just allow it to be. It's completely fine. And whenever I'd allow that to be, my energy is then giving off that energy to the entire room. You can feel it if you walk into a room full of seven people and everyone's sort of hunched over, super anxious about what the next person's going to do or say or not say or not do. And if you are just expanded and relaxed and just allowing, you walk into a room full of seven people like that, and it's so palpable. It gives you this unconscious permission to just allow yourself to just simply exist with no judgment, no chatter, just being. I think energetically you're communicating that, Jenna. And in that space, you are actually then gifting that whoever it is that you're with, whomever's, the opportunity to then expand, to share, to pivot a conversation, to create something new. 
Um, and that's what we all need is, is the space or we're all looking for the space to do that. So something I, I myself do as well is kind of um, witnessing how am I, you know, kind of reacting to the silence. I also watch, you know, what it is I want to offer and how I want to fill the space of silence. And because one of, and I do this, I mean, here, I'm doing this right now. I like, I, I can talk about myself. I can share stories about myself. I can go on and on about Nicole. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I'm quite practiced in it in a lot of ways. So the, the thing that I become aware of in those moments is that's my go-to. My auto response can be the similar story I had or, you know, sharing how, you know, my, my past experience or my future, me. Um, and what I've been practicing now, and it's not to say that people aren't interested in hearing about me. I'm sure people are. Um, and I'm interested in hearing about them too. So what I've been experimenting with as well is noticing when I go to fill space with something about me and seeing if I can challenge myself to ask another question for that person to expand or to just sit in silence, silent allowing for that person to expand. Because um, that is that is a gift. Not only if you're sending that energetically, when you're actually creating the space through silence, through whatever it is, you're giving that person an opportunity to show a new side, to expand on a thought, to be in a different self-expression. Um, and you're speaking something I think that is also really important to highlight here, which is the end, right? We can feel tired. We can feel excited. We can feel challenged by a particular interaction. We can feel a million different ways about a million different things in, in a million different moments um, and learning how to, to allow all of that to be okay. Because um, for a very long time, there was a part of me that thought if I wasn't just super excited and present, I must not like this person. Um, and there's a million reasons why I might not be excited or present in any given moment that have nothing to do with the person that I'm sharing that moment with. It probably has more to do with me and energetically how able I am to receive that moment in time. I love the refocus of shifting from you to really curiosity about the other person. And I've been watching this in myself even as I learn how to tell my story better or even what that story is. We joke around here that Sometimes I feel like I could tell Nicole's story more than I could tell my own. And I know for on listening to so many takes and podcasts feels the same because it's so practiced. We've all practiced it so much. And there also is a, a genuine curiosity and love there. And that shows up in presence. Now, if you're in a conversation with someone else and you just go shift to start asking about them, but you're up here still thinking of your grocery list of items and you're not present, that's also felt. It's sort of like flatlined curiosity where you're clearly <laughs> just asking to ask and you're not actually there and present. And this weekend I was witnessing myself. Anytime we'd have a conversation, I'd see the little Jenna want to bond so much and so instantly with the people around me. So I would see my brain just like scanning itself <laughs> for a memory or a moment where I could say, oh, well, that's my favorite, or there's this or X, where I could I could offer something that would be relatable. And then I'd spout it out. And then immediately afterwards, little Jenna would also have this wave of anxiety to be like, there you go, talking about yourself again. It's all about you again, Jenna. When really I was just relating 
and I was just sharing. And it lends itself so much when we are present with one another and genuinely curious about the other person. Because if I pause and stop with the whole story of anxiety in my mind, and I'm just like, oh, I wonder what Fiza thinks of that. I'm genuinely curious. I'm present. When I stop to ask her that, she can also feel that. And it gives her the space then, like you said, to just to co-create, to lead the conversation. I don't always have to be in control of it. So it's also a balance. And really, this conversation about energy is also something I think to just look at lightly and have fun with. There's nothing that you're going to like fix or change or that you need to fix and change about yourself in this conversation. We're simply just talking about what already is. Now we're just shining a light on it a little bit more so that you can start to pay attention to your own energy, to what does fill you up or charge you or what does deplete you. And then also that friendly reminder that you're then responsible for that. As an adult, sure, if I'm an introvert and I'm replenished by being alone, I might still have a social obligation that either I'm choosing to go to or I want to or need to go to. Well, then I can't just blame the fact that I'm an introvert on why I'm showing up in a certain way or buying, I'm being really reactive or I'm not being my the best version of me or the version that I want to, we'll say. It's my responsibility to know what my limits are, what my boundaries are, what things I'm going to say yes to, what events I'm going to say no to. And preemptively, I'm not going to pull an all-nighter and then expect to go give a presentation the next morning and be performing at my best. So everything that you're offering yourself throughout your day or that your subconscious mind is offering you, it's all just feedback. Once you just start to pay attention and peel back the layers, you start to get to know yourself more. You get to know your energy more, and then you can be more in control of what you do or don't bring into a room and also what room it is that you're choosing to enter. As all things, Jenna, that we talk about here, it's, it, it is about that self-knowledge, that self-knowing, um, because ultimately what you can offer yourself when you know yourself is that compassion? Is that when we do have that obligation that we're going to choose to commit to, you know, is that knowing of our resources might be low. So I might have, you know, a hope that, you know, I'm, I'm performing or available or present in some way. And I, I might not be in that moment, but if I have that information and if I have that information behind the scenes, now I have the opportunity not to feel bad about myself, not to shame myself, not to blame someone else, to just sit in whatever it is for me in that moment. I'm, I'm feeling less than my energy isn't fully available yet. I'm making the choice. Anytime we feel like we're making a choice, we're coming from an empowered place to keep this commitment, to spend time with this person. Um, we ultimately are owning our choices in that real way. And that happens as we begin to know ourselves. as for some of you, even listening to this episode right now, right? Your first point of exploration might be just tuning into your own energy this might be news for some of you. Tune into how does your body's energy typically feel? Do you notice shifts and changes in it? Or is there a particular friend or group of friends that really energizes you? Or is there a particular commitment or a relationship that really drains you, right? And start from there to get clarity on yourself. Because when we know ourselves and why we have these conversations week after week here on the podcast, is then we can become an empowered version. We can then make choices that are more in alignment with what our changing needs are 
in any given moment. And that's why we show up here week after week and we'll continue to do so and look forward to continuing this conversation with you all on our next episode. Leave us a comment or leave us a review. Thank you always for your feedback. We are always listening. We love you and we'll see you next week.